0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Now, today I have Amanda Daly here to talk all about the four most common myths that wellness entrepreneurs believe hold them back. This is going to be an awesome conversation because I know so many of you have so many things that are stopping you from achieving so many great big things in your business. So Amanda is totally the right person to come on and talk all about this. Now, Amanda is a leading business mentor for health and wellness entrepreneurs. With nearly 20 years in online marketing, Amanda has earned recognition by the world's top advertising awards. Yet the fast-paced corporate lifestyle saw her training in multiple energetic healing modalities for many years to survive and heal her own health. Since stepping away from the corporate grind to combine her two superpowers, healing and marketing, in a unique business mentoring approach, she has built a seven-figure online coaching business that has served thousands of new entrepreneurs worldwide. So welcome to the podcast, Amanda. Thank you. It's so great to be here, Stephanie. Yeah, I am really looking forward to this conversation because like I mentioned, just in that intro, you know, there's so many um, myths and beliefs that we have about ourselves in building our businesses that hold us back so much. So let's just like get right to it. Let's just dive right in. I know there are four common myths that you talk about. So why don't we just get started and you can tell us a bit about those.
1: Yeah, okay, excellent. I just love to look at the myths because obviously there's so much focus, isn't there, in growing a business on marketing and tactics and all of these things. But I find that it's actually these mindset myths, the things that are going on between our ears and our head as such, that are holding us back when we get started. So the very first one is what I call the fraud mentality. So the fraud mentality shows up, you know, I always picture it's like a little monkey on our shoulder that talks. (laughs) And this one is saying, I'm not enough. I don't have enough qualifications. I'd better go get another certification. I'd better go learn how to do the blood tests. I'd better go learn how to do the advanced coaching skills. You know, all these, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I often see this also show up in, well, I haven't been through some major health crisis, or maybe I haven't recovered from, you know, my initial health diagnosis. I'm not healthy enough to be a health wellness entrepreneur. You know, they compare to a doctor or whatever, someone else in the field. So this fraud mentality, often called imposter syndrome, I find is the number one thing that's holding people back. It feels real. When it is in our mind. It does feel real. We all sit here and we look externally and we start comparing what's going on inside us or how we feel inside to, you know, everyone else's finished products online. And we are like, who am I to do this? I'm not enough. I'd better go do something else before I'm ready. And mm-hmm. that's Biggest, I mean, there's four I'm going to talk about today, but that feeling of imposter syndrome, I don't know why, Stephanie, but in the last month or two, I've noticed this even stronger in my communities than ever. I'm not sure if there's some kind of 2020 (laughs) (laughs) around there or what's happening. Um, But this flares its head, not only at the beginning, but at any stage, I think even when we're ready for an up level, it can often be like a self-sabotage of, well, hold on a minute. I forgot I'm not enough. I better not step forward. So Mm -hmm. that's the first one, the fraud mentality
0: hmm. You're totally right. It's like that. Um, what do they say? New level, new devil. Like even if you're just starting out and you're about to like see your first client, that's something new. And then the imposter syndrome or fraud syndrome comes up. Or if it's, you know, scaling your business to the next level, like you're so right that it's not just reserved for like just at the beginning stages. It really can happen at any point.
1: Yeah, actually, one thing when I mentioned the 2020, you know, we're obviously filming this nearing the end of 2020. And I've seen a lot of people who are feeling like this way when they've had maybe uh, bricks and mortar businesses and now wanting to go online. And they have like 10, 15, 20 years or more experience in their modality. But this imposter syndrome, this fraud mentality comes up again when they go to do something different, like building their business and clientele online.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's so true. I know that I even have to catch myself sometimes not to, you know, fall into it, even though I think a little bit is healthy, because it kind of keeps you on your toes. And it at least it uh, helps you to, you know, observe what is out there and what everyone else is doing. But then I think at some point, and I'm curious if you'd agree, like, you kind of need to just shut out what everyone else is doing and just like fully focus on your own business.
1: Oh, you really do. Yeah. And that's, I mean, not specifically to the fraud, but in some ways it's what feeds it is our addiction to online. We're building businesses online, often inspired by what we've seen online. And it can be like a, you know, a quick five minute scroll that, uh, you know, go for inspiration and all of a sudden we're, we've knocked ourselves out. So, uh, mm-hmm. that is so, so true. I think at all levels of business, and we just have to get better at uh, seeing that ahead of
0: time. Oh, a hundred percent. So what would be the second myth that you want to share with us?
1: Yeah. So, The second mentality. And I I call these myths because really that mentality is thinking patterns in our brain, which are not true. And so the second one is scarcity. It sounds like this. There's not enough clients. There's not enough clients in my town. There's not enough clients in my city. No one will buy. Or sometimes there's too many other coaches already. No one's going to buy from me. Scarcity tends to be when you hear "not enough," "there's not enough," "there's not enough." It's that kind of like almost can't breathe uh, feeling sometimes. I'm not going to make enough. What if I do this? What if it doesn't work? So the scarcity is the second one and. We seem to come in with this, again, it's linked to fear. All of these are actually linked to fear and they just aren't true. When we come in with a thinking, a thought pattern that it's not going to work or there's not enough clients, our actions, our behaviours and therefore our results are always going to match that thought pattern. So we really need to keep a tight eye on the stories we're telling ourselves, especially if we're saying not enough, no one will buy, too saturated already.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking that like, even if we think about it as like an energy, like if you're in that scarcity energy, um, I bet your clients can feel it and they might not want to invest because you're not really putting out that like excited kind of high energy feeling. It's more of that like lower scarcity or fear feeling that doesn't really put a lot of um, feeling in them to like trust and be excited about working with you.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it actually ties to my number three. So number three is lack. And I find particularly, I put this in a separate category because the money energy, as you say, is the strongest. Mm. And clients, potential clients can absolutely feel it. If we are on a sales call or an exploration call, and we're either doing it for the money or desperate to get the sale or nervous even about the sale, they can actually feel if we are projecting on them, they don't want to buy they won't want to pay for this. They don't have money. People can feel that. So when we have this lack mentality going on, it sounds like no one will pay my prices. Other people don't have money. Other people won't buy this. People in my town don't spend money on that. No one I know would. You know, it's that kind of it is our own lack and scarcity around money but it's actually a lot of projection on other people's as well and as you say people feel it it's just a, an intangible and when we work on that we understand that there is no lack of money and there is no lack of clients I mean hey it's not like we're looking for thousands of clients is it you know there's plenty mm-hmm. of for you personally to be abundant when you open up you literally it's like every cell in your body kind of relaxes uh, and there is more free flow and you are more present for your clients and more focused on their needs they feel that they feel your excitement and that's what they want to work with as well
0: Mm -hmm. wow and it's just such a nice flip because it goes from like there's not enough like you said that lack or that fear to like there's more than enough i just need to find the right fit and it's like it's just such a nice shift into like like you said, that expansion of all the parts of the body, like, yes, like, you know, it's like your cells just like have this happy dance because it feels so, there's so many possibilities now.
1: Absolutely. All of these, when you look at it, they're just self-sabotages, which of course we don't mean to do, but we do get to choose. Are we going to feel tight and have beliefs that this isn't working or this isn't enough or, you know, I'm a fraud or are we, you know, think how that energy can be spent if we're not wasting it on holding tight to those beliefs.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm so curious what the fourth one is, because I know after that one, you're going to give us some like switches in the mindset. So like, let's cover that last myth and then like jump right into what we can do.
1: Yeah. So the fourth one for me is around visibility fears. Often fear of being judged, fear of not being liked, fear of getting approval. We tend to forget that we are here to be of service to people at home who are looking for our services, who want to buy it, who it is a perfect match for, and we can get worried about being seen. Now, this shows up in a number of ways. It does show up as, whoops, I didn't get on social media, or whoops, I didn't tell people about what I did. But I wanna bring this back a little bit more practical as well, because these are all mindsets as we're talking about. I wanna be clear that you do need a solid marketing strategy you do need to learn how to work a business how to run a business and you i don't actually think you can even do it alone i do think you need mentorship you need all of these what i call more masculine pieces But what happens is we often invest in those and then we're too scared to be visible, too scared to be judged and we find ourselves not actually actioning them with discipline and with consistency and then we blame the tools, we blame the business and we're back in that cycle of, oh, this doesn't work, no one buys online, you know, all of those kind of things, largely to protect ourselves from getting judged, from getting, you know, hurt per se. So looking at our own visibility, thinking it's not safe to be seen, is one of the most uh, important myths or beliefs that we are holding on to. And, you know, fair enough. I'm not saying any of these things um, are wrong, but they're definitely things that we can work through consciously and realise that they are false.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. Each one of those, I can pinpoint that same feeling I've had about myself or my business or that a lot of my clients even talk about. So you really did hit the nail on the head there. So many big ones, especially the visibility. I see so many people tinkering behind the scenes, waiting for the clients to show up. And at the end of the day, you know, unless we're putting ourselves out there, it's not necessarily happening. So I'm glad you kind of brought that one to the forefront. So thank you for doing that. Can I add a little business tip in there,
1: Stephanie? Because it actually to yeah. me to kind of wrap some of these together. I see so many people who do work on their social media, like to whatever degree, but they only do it for branding and, and kind of for visibility reasons. And they're not actually doing what I call asking for the dance. They're not actually doing marketing materials that lead to phone calls. That is where the fear of rejection comes in. I don't want to be salesy, you know, right up the ladder of what we just talked about. People don't want to pay for this, not enough people. And that's actually on a practical marketing perspective where most people I see are going wrong building a brand, doing all their selfies, doing things of food, but there's practically nothing that is actually educating people on the product and asking them to work with them clearly and how that would process would look. It's game-changing when you bring that into your marketing strategy.
0: Mm-hmm. you're so right, and it's not just about creating for creation's sake, like, oh, I was inspired, that was fun, like and then it's like all these random pieces it's being like very intentional about I'm creating this to lead them to that like you said product or coaching program um and like having a reason for putting each piece of the puzzle like in place for them,
1: yeah, I think we think that just by being visible, people are gonna magically just kinda of like knocking on the door and then we get really down when that doesn't happen. But we have to actually lead people to that call. We have to lead them to the sale. They're not just going to love our work so much, you know, and magically do it. And, again, I feel like it's a way that we kind of harm ourselves Mm -hmm. unintentionally by expecting, you know, oh, I didn't get all the likes. Oh, I didn't get everyone come to me. But when I break it down with people, it's what I normally see. There's no actual strategic
0: asking. Yes, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Hey there, I hope you're getting so much value from this episode. So I wanted to take a quick pause to tell you about the Next Level Nutrition Biz Collective and share a special offer just for podcast listeners like you. If you're trying to get momentum with your nutrition business or need some support figuring out your next steps or brainstorming ideas, this monthly membership is for you. Inside, you'll get monthly in-depth marketing, sales, and business trainings, and Q&A sessions to help you grow your nutrition business, as well as a supportive community where you can ask questions and exchange ideas. If you want to learn more or join us in the Next Level Nutrition Biz Collective, head on over to membership and be sure to use the code PODCAST in the checkout to get your first month for only $7. See you inside. Okay, so let's actually shift into now, like what can they do? What can everybody listening do to like challenge those beliefs and those myths and um, move past them or at least like confront them and and um, do something positive to move themselves forward?
1: Yeah, so look, any of these are probably all gonna be floating around at different stages in our business. And what I find is you wanna identify one. You wanna identify one. So let's use the visibility one, same as we were just talking about that. And for me, it's really important to always remember. I mean, there's so many coaching models out there, but a lot of them talk about the circumstance does not equal the result. And so let's say, um, hmm, maybe visibility wasn't my clearest one as a <laughs> example. I will see if it plays out. Either way, what I'm saying is what happened. Let's just say, let's try what I just said to you. Let's say you put a post out there. It was you showing your green smoothie and nobody purchased so then the circumstances, the green smoothie went out there and no one came to you for a sale. That doesn't mean that people don't want to buy from you. That doesn't mean that people didn't like your post. It's the thinking we have about that that creates the story that then creates what we do about that. You know, it's literally it creates... Do we actually post another one? Do we now go down some other spiral? Do we now go looking for a different tactic? Or do we go again? It's our thinking that's always going to be creating our feelings, our actions, and our results. It is never the circumstance. So our thoughts are what we want to look out for. The first thing is to see that circumstance is different than the thought and go, what am I thinking about that? And then the next thing that I always do is I'm just such a big journaler. Get it out on paper. Just see what's actually on your mind. Just like brain dump, brain dump, brain dump because all of these thoughts, these myths get stuck in our head and they don't even make sense when they're in our head. It's very hard without an external coach, say, to really even see what's going on in there. Mm -hmm on the paper and then I suggest for my clients a three-part golden hour every day. Now I know that an hour freaks most people out (laughs) so uh, I can share the three parts of that golden hour uh, with you all and it can be done in six minutes. I just do share if you're wanting to make a real breakthrough, let's say it was on this visibility piece or on fraud, um, any of those, you might want to commit to an hour a day for probably 90 days, which I know it's a lot, but you will absolutely like obliterate that mindset if you consciously work to turn it around
0: for that long. And it will be game changing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think like a lot of us don't take the time, we're kind of in our head so much. We're like, okay, trying to strategize, like, should I do this? Should I not? It didn't work. You know, like we're, we're so heady and we don't really drop into that Like body feeling or thoughtfulness, like um, through the journaling and through kind of sitting with these feelings, um, we just try to like organize it in our head. And sometimes that isn't the solution. Uh, yeah, I don't actually think it ever is. I
1: mean, like I said before, marketing and strategy are important, but it's like most of the time we're trying to strategize ourselves out of this mess that's going on in our head and the feelings that come because of it. And that's why the first thing is always to go, hold on, like pause. What's the circumstance? What's the thought? Let's get it on paper. Uh, and now let's take action. And seriously, like I worked on my money mindset for, for pretty much a full year very intensely but definitely for 90 days one of my uh coaches at the time talked to me about like an olympic athlete they don't just turn up at the olympics right they've done 6 a.m swims for probably 10 years before that and she explained to me that like moving something like a money mindset which is a big one is the same thing we can all create it but we have to do the work And I did that, you know, I treated it that seriously. I treated the money mindset more importantly than my social media account or than my newsletters or whatever that might be. And I 10X'd my business that first year that I did that.
0: Wow. That's incredible. So would you say that like a negative, I guess for lack of a better word, a negative money mindset is probably one of the biggest deterrence from someone's business becoming successful versus a positive money mindset?
1: Yeah, I, I I can see why you're struggling with that word because I kind of do as well, like negative, positive, i.e. Mm-hmm. there's layers and intricacies. Um, but there are definitely specific mindsets, like we're saying, like lack, say, if you truly believe that nobody else will pay this or that you are not worthy of receiving this money or Uh, That people won't buy in your town, all of these things. Absolutely. I mean, business is a money game, business is a money energy. So if you do have severe lack in that um, perspective, it's not going to flow.
0: So, do you have any like specific tips for the rewiring of the money mindset? Like, would it be like you said, part of that journaling, like that um, golden hour time, is there anything specific if someone is sitting there like, I'm really struggling in this area, what would you tell them to do right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I mentioned the three-part golden hour, which I teach, but it can be done, like I say, in six minutes. So there's three parts. The first part to me is around expanding yourself. So listening to something around money mindset that expands you. Uh, audio, podcasts, reading, you know, can doesn't have to be listening. I love some of the old classics like the Wallace D. wattle Science of Getting Rich or... Mm-hmm. Like- uh, Napoleon Hill, Thinking Grow Rich, and when I'm listening to these or reading them, I'm looking to be expanded. Think of it like yoga. You actually want to kind of get triggered. You almost want to find the things that you're like, that's not true, or oh, fine for that person, she has money. Or, you know, you kind of mm-hmm. want to see your own judgments or your own triggers come up in some ways. And you know, there's a beautiful uh, line or paragraph in Wallace D. Wattle's book, And he says, We go to school and they tell us, Oh, electricity works because you turn on a light light switch and the light goes on. And we don't spend the rest of our life trying to prove that theory wrong. But when someone comes in a money book and says, Oh, money's actually energy and this is how it works, so many of us will not want to hear that and we'll try and prove it wrong. Instead of, are we willing to just go, Huh? What if that was true? What if I started acting that way? And that's where these books, and there's many others, you know, that can really train us to go, oh, what if the way I'm thinking about money is not the only way? What if there are other ways to look at this? And sometimes it can be confronting, sometimes it can be exciting all at once. But that's the expansion stage. So look, I love to recommend 20 minutes a day of that, you know, while on a walk or in the car, something like that. But if not, just two minutes. You know, we probably just talked about it for two minutes just now. That in itself might trigger you or expand you or, you know, whatever that might be. So that's the first part of the golden hour. So second part is about getting really present. No future, no past, zero point, really. And my favorite way to do this is meditation. Sometimes I will find you can Google on uh, or YouTube, you know, like a wealth meditation or abundance meditation. They can be nice ones to do. But if not, just really being in a, you know, a couple of minute or 20-minute meditation practice, where you come to that zero point and let go of all thoughts, beliefs, feelings around money, even around everything that's going on in life right now, any stresses, and from that neutral place, I then like to add in the feelings of abundance, the feelings of wealth, the feelings of freedom. What I love about this so much, I do it in my um, program actually, is I help people see that what we wanna feel from having money and having flow in our business can be felt right now. Mm -hmm. And it's like going to the gym in some ways. We can practice this every day so ourselves remember how to do it. And on one hand, that is law of attraction as well. You know, if you can vibrate at that level and certain frequency, et cetera, you'll attract things, but also you're creating it in yourself. Also then not chasing the one day when my business is a success, I will feel amazing and free and abundant. You can feel it right now. And there are some game-changing in when you practice that regularly and that really clicks then there's not that like we talked about before that kind of graspiness Mm -hmm. in um, money there's much more flow and trust
0: Mm -hmm. it's like um, it's accessible to me it's there right instead of that feeling of like am I ever going to have that It's just like all about that reframing and I love that just like sitting in the energy and the feeling of it that's even just hearing you talk about it, it's very like um, calming and puts like a warm feeling in the body versus like a feeling of constriction.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. And we can have that now, you know, and then we realize we are that. And actually, it's actually about our identity, which does link to number three. So number three is back in the journal, (laughs) where we start creating our new reality, our new future. Now, I'm a big believer in being as present as we can and not always worrying about the future, but we can create the future from now. So start making, you know, it can be mantras. You can actually speak these aloud as well or write them. It's about bringing your future, like creating it now, creating it into reality. So this might be where you're actually writing, you know, I'm going to get four clients by the end of the month, Um, bringing me $5,000 by doing X, Y, Z work. You know, it could be a tangible thing like that. It could be a much bigger, you know, it's five years from now. I'm running my own health practice. I, I have my own little cute studio and I, you know, work three days a week. Like this is where you actually, from that beautiful high vibration energy of step two, get to create your future and manifest it, really bring it into reality. I will say that sometimes if anything has come up for you in the earlier ones, you could also use journaling as a, um, oh my gosh, I didn't know I had this belief until today. You know, you could do a little bit of clearing out if anything first, Um, but make sure you always end on these high notes, if you like, of what you do want and, and then let it go you know, send it out to the universe. You've put that order in and just keep coming back to those three steps each day. I mean, seriously, you could do them in the bathroom, like mm-hmm. you know, two minutes of expansion, two minutes of coming to the zero set point and then adding the high vibration feeling you want. And then two minutes of creating either through journaling or voice mantras, what you do want from here.
0: Mm, You just simplified that so much and made it so accessible. And I love it. It just is such a nice bite-sized ways for people to get started. Um, And that kind of brings me to a question. Do you have any, I don't know, tools or favorite podcasts or resources um, that you would recommend that people could even look into right now to start with that expansion? Um, Because some people might not know really where to turn to if they've never done this before.
1: Yeah. You know what? I've set up a page for your listeners with a few freebies. Why don't I get, it's not there yet, but by the time this airs, I can get it up there, a reading list of my favorite wealth expansion books. I think that'd be beautiful to add to that page.
0: That would be so great. I'd really appreciate it. I know you mentioned a few that I'm like, oh yeah, I've read that one and super helpful, right? Some like Exactly what you said. It's like- um, opening yourself up to the idea that the belief you've already had maybe isn't working, and there's other beliefs out there, there's other um, truths out there, and yeah, just like having them available to, to kind of try them on for size, always is like a nice way to expand.
1: Yeah, little tip as well, like something like the old classics that some of us might have read, like Thinking Grow Rich or Science of Getting Rich, and the two I've mentioned a lot today, I found on Audible you can actually get them, or is it YouTube? Um, do a you know a search. Sometimes mm-hmm. you. Like a female voice and a male voice and a younger voice and an older voice. And I find that just the different voices, you hear things differently and it can keep it fresh, even though it is the same teachings.
0: Oh, I love that idea. I never even thought about that, but I bet every book probably has those options. So that's probably, yeah. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to add one in. I'm not sure if you've heard of this app, but it's something I've used in the past called Think Up. Have you heard of that one?
1: I haven't. No, it's sounds good.
0: I like it because you can actually, um, record. So it's a free app and you can actually record like affirmations or like mantras on top of music and then they just play in repeat. So if you added like four, it will like put like a base of music underneath and then it's you in your words saying these affirmations and then you can just listen to it. So I used to listen to this at the gym, especially when I was starting my business of like, you know, three clients are on their way or, um, you know, Uh, every time I get visible, like I'm changing someone's life or something like that. And that was super helpful for me to be like, hearing myself say it made it so much more truthful.
1: Oh, I love that. I'm going to check out that app. And when I hear you say that, I feel it's really important to tell people like, it's not going to change the minute you listen to that. The Mm -hmm. point is, Not there today, and I do this to this day. I'm working on a belief change in my business right now, but you're not there today. And to have compassion with yourself, the point is you keep doing this over and over, and it's like you're just slowly inching over to the new belief until one day you're like, Ah, I fully believe
0: that. So Mm -hmm. it's a process. Mm -hmm. That feels so good. It's like right now, you might be like, on the other side of 50% where you're like, I'm not really sure how I feel. But then if you just inch even to like 55% in belief, like every day, you're just going to feel more kind of attached to this new set of understanding or belief, but it might not be 100% right away. So it's like feeling feeling into that potential of like what it could be every single day. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been great. Do you have anything else you wanted to add in in terms of overcoming the fears or um, tips or tools? Or do you feel like that was like a really good place for everybody to get started?
1: I think that's a nice, simple place to get started. I just feel to reiterate what I said before around the marketing, because that was something I was just tuning into right before this podcast. So maybe (laughs) someone listening really needs to hear that. All the mindset work, to me, it's 50-50. You know, you've got to do the mindset work. Business strategy won't work alone. But I just want to make sure, because we as coaches can get quite excited by mindset and manifestation, that I want to make it really clear there are marketing strategies that work. There's marketing strategies that work for wellness, you know, as opposed to general businesses. And just to always keep an eye out for that too, because I think we often got into this work to help people, to do our services. We didn't want to be marketers and business people and to embrace that work and to learn uh, you know learn a system that really works for you and stick with it instead of going oh this doesn't work for me or whatever you will have to learn the marketing so all of this has to go with marketing with business with sales um, and as you've heard me talk about today there's mindset behind all of those of course.
0: Mm hmm. 100% agree with that. So Mm -hmm. I would love for you to even share. It's a great segue into, you know, how do you help your clients? What do you have available if anyone's interested in finding out about how you help kind of with the 50 50 marketing mindset piece? Um, I know you do have a program. So why don't you share a little bit about that?
1: Oh yeah, thank you. I have a, my signature program is called Upswing Mastermind. So it's a six month business school for wellness entrepreneurs. And it is, it's a high touch experience. So six months of business training every week. Uh, We have a beautiful Facebook community with a whole team of my Upswing coaches there to support on a daily basis. And then these deep dive, normally about two-hour laser coaching calls with me uh, on the topics that you've heard about today, you know, really helping you when you're applying that business, what comes up, what's actually going on, you know, in the mind, in the body, in ourselves really that needs to be shifted along. And that's a combination of mindset coaching, often energy modalities as well uh, that I bring to that. That. So that's my signature program. It's called Upswing Mastermind. You can find it at upswingmastermind.com if you're interested in reading more about that.
0: Yeah. And I'll make sure to put the details in the show notes and also the link to all of those freebies you were talking about with the reading list and um, have that available for everyone there in the show notes. So thank you so much, Amanda. This was great. I felt like it was just like a really, um, big expander for me like I love these conversations where you can really think about like the potential of your business and really open up versus feel overwhelmed and, and start to constrict so thank you for helping us all expand I really appreciate having you on yeah my absolute pleasure thank you for having me thanks for listening in if you like this episode feel free to leave us a review share the episode with a friend or take us on social media catch you next time